0: Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, October the 27th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, proper week 26, which is the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost, according to the Revised Common Lectionary. And on this day, once again, it's a Wednesday, so we can pick from an assortment of passages that are left over from this week's readings. And today I'm going to decide to go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1-9. through 9. Yesterday I mentioned a neat little prayer that young Jewish boys and girls would pray, which is the Shema, and we will find it here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When our Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you'll have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone is alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I give you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're alone at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of God for us. One of the things I like to do and I enjoy is to hear some of these quirky stories about some of these iconic coaches. That we've had in um, athletic departments and on franchises and American sports, it's just fun to hear the backstories. You know, like s- supposedly uh, John Wooden, the famous basketball coach from UCLA. I think what he's most known for is like the pyramid of principles that he gives and that he anchored his whole uh, program around, and every athlete would memorize it. But supposedly he would also spend time like showing the athletes on his basketball team like how to put on their socks correctly um, because if they didn't put them on correctly they would get blisters which would keep them out which would uh, languish their progress and their practice and so he would sit there imagine with me one of the first practices of the year he would like I'll teach him how to put on socks that just cracks me up or there's a famous Speech that Vince Lombardi was supposed to give the Green Bay Packer organization and all these guys who played high school football, college football, and they made the league right. They made the show in the NFL. Supposedly, one practice, like he held a football in the air and he would he would say, "Gentlemen, this is a football." Like, and of course, they all knew it, but it was a sign. Um, that they needed to go back to square one. Uh, Billy Donovan, who coached Florida to two straight national championships. One time he did this stunt at their opening practice that was open to the public. And at that time, the national championship trophy was a crystal ball of basketball. And uh, he, of course, brought the trophy out, and he switched it out for, like, a fake that looked a lot like it. And in a moment that he wanted everyone to get their attention, he looked like he haphazardly passed as the person next to him, and it dropped and shattered all over the floor. And he wanted to make a point that even though they had done all they, their diligence last year and they won a championship, that uh, that was important. But it was also important to realize it was a fresh new season, a blank slate, and they had to start all the way over. I think something similar is going on in Deuteronomy chapter 6. we got to keep in mind that um, as God brought his people up out of Egypt and slavery, Got to be reminded, they were in slavery a long time. I mean, over 400 years they were in slavery. And they cried out to God. But uh, we shouldn't mistake their ardent prayers and their hopes for deliverance as this somehow understanding that they knew God deeply. Uh, There's a chance that they had smuggled in all these different ideas about deity and about worship by watching the neighboring Egyptians worship their pantheon of gods, their plurality of gods. And so one of the things about getting Israel out of Egypt, uh, something that preachers say all the time, is it was harder to get the Egypt out of Israel than it was to get Israel out of Egypt, right? Uh, God had to retrain them, and they had to be uh, convinced again and again about who God was. And so this is a foundational passage in that process. Moses is addressing the people here in the book of Deuteronomy, and he tells them some very basic things. He tells them that their God is the only and one God, he says in verse 4. And the basic command in verse 5, that they must love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their strength. That they are to commit them to themselves wholeheartedly to the commands. And that there are promises attached to these commands. And they're supposed to to, uh, meditate on them all the time. Verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road when you're going to bed and when you're getting up just to fasten them to your body you're supposed to put them on the doorsteps or the the doorways of your homes and so everywhere you look everywhere you talk there's always going to be this one conversation about what it meant to be God's people what are we supposed to do because of it I think this is important that we go back to the start again and again but there are times in our Christian lives where we have like a rummage sale where we've made it way too difficult way too convoluted We've thought about it over and over again, and we are um, you know, have this paralysis by analysis. Really the Christian faith is supposed to be acted out, and um, what we find is that over the centuries of our Christian story, is that it was acted out by educated people and uneducated people. In fact, the very first followers of Jesus, we look at Acts chapter 4, their reputation was that they were among the unlearned, or as it says in the Greek language, the idiotes, those who were simpletons. Now, this faith can be lived out in the simplest of terms, but if we can try to plumb to its depths, and we never get to the bottom because it is so profound at the same time. But I think that the impulse that we have again and again is to leave the excess behind and to go out into the wilderness and to retrieve the simple faith once more. I think that's might be what some God is calling some of us to do. We're stale in our faith is it's because. It's time for us to sell off a bunch of stuff and to go back to the start, get alone with God, be in the common life with God's people, and to ask the question daily, God, what are you asking of me, and what must I do in order to live it out faithfully? And so that's going to be my prayer for us this morning, is for us to say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me? And then ask ourselves after we hear from him, now, what must I do because of it? That takes a lot of guts. And so with that in mind, let's spend some time praying this morning because God just might speak to us this morning and he might be asking us to live it out in a certain way today. So before we get to the bottom of that, let's open up our hearts and minds and pray to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you hold us in your care. I thank you that... um, your dream of reality was to have a creation and to have a people to steward it with. And we thank you that within your wisdom, you sought to include us into your family. God, it's going to take us our whole lifetime to reckon what all that means, uh, to be in love with you and to be on mission with you. But we thank you that uh, we have these moments in our faith where we get to go back to the start again and again. God, I think all of us would confess that even though we were we're brand new in our early days of faith. There was something about its newness that was inspiring. Uh, we were sponges. We received teaching. Um, we were eager to be around God's people. Um, we were willing to help out in any way that we could. But God, we confess that over time, um, we find petty things to divide over. Um, we got jaded because we served in something that didn't pan out to be a great experience, and so we were reluctant to say yes anymore. And we've gotten out of sorts with your people in one way or another, and so we find ourselves having a hard time trusting again. So I think that there are moments where we get to go out into the wilderness, we get to have a rummage sale, we get to throw it all up in the air, and we get to exclaim from the depth of our souls that we want to start over, and we want to retrieve the joy of our first salvation, as the psalmist says. And so God, see, I think a lot of us are here. And... um you're inviting us to take the wild journey of going back to the start. It's got to think that we can become born again and again and again. And so today, for those of us who dare to take that journey backwards and say that we're the white belt again, we're starting over, that you'd meet us there and that we wouldn't have any shame in our hearts, but we'd have a wide-eyed wonder. So God, speak over our lives, uh, give us a simplicity about our faith, allow it to lead to great come. Um, this great wonder and awe and profoundness. And I pray that we would sense you more and more today because we've decided to place ourselves in your hands once again and trust you. So we say with one voice and one heart, God, that we trust you. So we pray that you'd meet us as we seek to follow you today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.